Tomorrow Mai. Good morning. I'm Judith Lay and this is Praise, the programme that connects faith and daily life. Manx Radio. And on the programme today, Gavin Calver, the top man in the Evangelical Alliance, joins me with a personal invitation for everyone to come and meet him when he's on the island for Spring Harvest Local in Ramsey later this month. And Georgia from Church's Bookshop has news of another Meet the Author event. But in a few minutes, we'll be hearing a truly inspiring travel story, and it'll be told to us by Rosie Shirtliffe. That's after two beautiful voices bring this lovely version of Morning Has Broken. It's Catherine Jenkins and Bryn Turfel. God's free creation 
Jenkins and Bryn Terfel with Morning Has Broken. Rosie Shirtliff is currently studying civil engineering at Queen's University Belfast. And if you're thinking that her surname is familiar, you're absolutely right. It is. Her father is Reverend David Shirtliff, a Methodist minister first in Douglas and now in the south of the island. Rosie's just been travelling. Not a relaxing break on a sun-drenched beach, but a self-funded trip to Uganda, organised by the church she's attended for the last two years. So, Rosie, take up the story for us. Tell us how all this started, please. Okay, so I go to university in Belfast, so I study civil engineering there. And the church I go to there, it's the chaplaincy church for both Methodist and Church of Ireland. They combined a few years ago because they decided that they would work better as a more faith-filled church that way. And it's really grown and it's a great church. And so now every two years they send out a team of students to Uganda with a charity called Abana. So this was just another year of they saying that we're going to send a team out. Anyone who's interested, apply. So I thought there's no harm in applying. It'll be a good experience. Help me understand whether I can deal with those climates in terms of the future and maybe jobs out in in places like that. So I applied and after the interview process, I got in. But I think everyone did. So not really something to boast about. (laughs) The organisation needs to know that the people who are going are going to contribute fully to the project. So, no, I I think that they saw that you had the talents and the gifts that, that they were looking for. So how much did you know beforehand about what you were going to? We all knew the team before we went out. So that was a really good, positive thing. Also, because the charity is Northern Ireland based... We had someone come in to talk to us three times before going. Each evening was titled with a different key factor to do with, you know, maybe cultural development or being aware of diseases and parasites and all the things that you had to be aware of. We would try and meet every two weeks as a team to get to know each other before heading out there. So we were quite clued in as to what was going to be going on. So what does the charity do, Rosie? The charity Abana, it works mainly with street children. So they have an initiative called New Life Homes. They have a street school and and the children... Children on the streets come and then they provide food and play games and maybe tell a few Bible stories. And while they're there, maybe try and resettle them with their families that they may have run away from or lost them. Or there's so many ways that you can become a street child. But then there's also the option of they will take some of them into this new life home centre and educate them and try and still continue to find their families, but be there building them up and and giving them a chance in life. And once they finish primary school, they send them off to secondary school and then on to university. Because, of course, education is, in any country, the key to freedom, isn't it? Oh, yes, definitely. Do they become street children because the families just are not coping? Some children that I met, you know, they ran away because they were orphans or because they were being yeah, mistreated and so ran away. Or some just feel as though they can do better on the streets because you can earn money by collecting plastic bottles or whatever and they feel as though they're somewhere. But it's really a mixed bag. It's, it's just it's a really, really difficult situation out there. There's a lot of street children about. You worked hard and raised the money to cover your expenses to be there and off you went. How long were you there for? We were there for two and a half weeks, which is a really nice amount of time because you're not there too long, but neither does it feel too short an amount of time. Seeing life, a very, very different life to, to mm. the life that you experienced on the island and even studying in Ireland. How much of an impact has it had on you now reflecting on it? 
Oh, a tremendous impact. So the first thing that you really notice when you arrive, we were met by Ivana and they had hired for us two coach drivers to be with us for the two and a half weeks because our team split into two parts and went two different ways in the first week. So we needed two different coaches. And these were not coaches owned by the charity. They were just, you know, freelance. And on the front of them, they had printed God is love. And it was just a real thing of everywhere you went there are these people who have what we would say is very little in life they're really struggling poverty is is everywhere yet they are far happier than anyone really you meet in the western world because they have such a strong faith and and they're very happy in that and you have great shop names like holy spirit butchers and things like this it's just everywhere that god is is in every single part of life there and that's really amazing they have far more in my opinion, because they're just aware of that aspect of life that's so important. While you were there, Rosie, you must have had opportunity to go to church services. We went to different churches, uh, different Sundays. The first week we went to a massive, it was called Watoto Church, and that was like a big, almost an American church. It was planted by an American, hundreds of people there. So that was quite amazing. And then the second week we went to a little I think it was a Baptist church. It was just really nice that it was very much worshipping God is not singing, it's singing and dancing. That's a real key part. People were a lot more free in their worship, which was lovely to see. So in the first week, as I said, our team split into two parts. One stayed with Urbana and went out to build a toilet block for a school. And the other half of us, we went with a different charity called Wakisa, which is like a pregnancy crisis clinic centre. And we were working with girls aged between 11 and 18. There was this girl's birthday. She was turning 18 and she had never celebrated her birthday before. So we had heard of this and so one person on our team, Gina, went she baked a cake for this birthday and when they went out to go and fetch the cake, one of the girls in the room just randomly stands up and starts singing a worship song. But then all of a sudden everyone just starts singing at the top of their voice. It was just amazing and you could feel, you know, you could feel the Holy Spirit in the room. It was really quite powerful and you've got all these girls, all of them are there because they've been in some awful situations and yet they're praising God with more more love than than really you generally see in these places where we have as we say everything and then by the time that everyone arrived with the cake you know it was still going on and everyone was dancing and having a great time and then this girl saw the cake coming and she started crying because she'd never celebrated her birthday before and then these girls ran in with a bucket of water and poured it over her head because apparently that's what they do on a birthday and it was just really amazing and then she took the first slice of the cake and she walked around and she had us all take a bite of this one slice of cake because she was so desperate to share it with us. may have meant we all got a shared cold, but it was a great experience. (laughs) Rosie, this is so moving to think of somebody who's reached 18 and that's their first celebration of their life. We have so much to learn from these people. We we sometimes think we can go out and we can be helpful, but actually they're helping us more, aren't they? Yes, uh, 100%. We took more away from from Uganda than than we could have given. We were meant to be working with the Street Reach programme but we couldn't do it. So instead, we were sent to a remand home, the juvenile prison waiting for court issues, to do like a kids' club with them, which was a very interesting experience. And one day, one of our guys was preaching, and the translator continues translating beyond the guy speaking. So we know that he's not saying what has been said. And then the translator turns around to us and he says, 
I've just told them, he said, that if any of them want to become a Christian and want prayer to come forward, there are around 160 people there. And at that moment, maybe half of them got on their knees and started crawling towards the front. And then it was just a massive, a team of 22 of us all going around and going and praying for them. And that was very, very powerful as well. We were very silent on the bus, on the bus back to the hostel at that point. It is life-changing, Rosie, it, isn't it, something like that? It's very, very moving, and it's the kind of... Again, it just struck me, the Ugandan culture, that it was normal for us to come in and do worship and do a session that was normal even even in that juvenile prison situation. They were worshipping already before we arrived. They did worship every morning. Listening to what you're saying about the plights that bring the children onto the streets, you can't help but wonder what has brought those young people to that remand centre. They all wore a different colour T-shirt, and that represented the crime that they that had been pinned on them as I say they hadn't actually been to court yet so was not confirmed but we didn't know which colour meant which because we didn't want to judge them for what they may or may not have done. So out of all of this now you're back here on the island for a little while you'll shortly be going back to university what different thoughts are you taking back is there anything that you will be thinking about differently praying about differently as you go back? It really helped me bond with a lot of the team members, really built some very strong Christian friendships, which is going to be really key in in having a better prayer life, a better faith life. I mean, I've gone to this church for the last two years, so I still have had that, but you don't develop that same closeness that you do when spending two and a half weeks around the same people. And so I think that's really going to grow, is spending more of my time with uh, good Christian friends. So what would you say to somebody being offered a similar opportunity? What would you say to them? Oh, definitely take it. But be prepared to not expect that you're going to go there and give them everything that they need because actually you're going to get far more out of it than they are. They obviously take a lot from it, but go there expecting God to really change and really, really work in you. God will be working and they know it out in Uganda. They know that God is working. So you've just got to let him really. But he bought me in all oh, his love for me Oh, his love for me Who oh, the song sets free Oh, it's free indeed I'm a 
This is the music of Lou Fellingham and her worship band. And there's a reason why she's featuring on Praise Today that we'll talk about in a minute. But now let's return to my special guest, Rosie Shirtliff, who's been talking about her recent self-funded trip to Uganda, working with street children through the charity Abana. Rosie's got a final story to share. Just a, a little thing to add, which was really nice to see, is at the New Life Homes we went to visit, there was a school right next door that we did a few days of work with as well. And that school, funding for it to be painted was done by St Ninian's High School on the Isle of Man because we arrived and painted on the wall was the uh, St Ninian's crest. You know, where else would you see a Viking ship with three oars and two oars? So as soon as I got back to a place with internet, I, I looked it up and sure enough, it was a 2007 charity challenge had funded that school that I happened to be at more than 10 years later. And I just found that quite cool. And just finally, finally, I'm fascinated that you're studying civil engineering. Now, that is a career that's going to be able to take it anywhere in the world, isn't it? Yes. Is that what you look forward to? I am very simple in the fact that All I want to do is use the skills I have to help people. And so I'm taking my maths and I was good at physics, maybe not so much at A-level, but that's what I enjoy. So really taking those and using civil engineering, hopefully, to go into water, providing water to those that don't have it. Or even if I decide to come back to the UK, dealing with flooding and drought in summer as it's becoming more of an issue. That's the plan anyway. Rosie, it's a great thing to have practical skills like that, things that the world desperately needs, and wish you every success with that. Rosie, thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank you. My guest, Rosie Shirtliff, went to Uganda with Abana, a Christian-based charity that invests in children in Africa, helping them to break the chains of poverty through education. If you'd like to know more about their work and read some inspiring success stories, you'll find a link to their website on the Praise blog. I'll remind you how to find that at the end of the programme. It's time to dig a little. Take it to the ground Taking hold of all you promised We are ready for you This is Lou Fellingham and her worship band and they'll be bringing their music to the Mountain View Innovation Centre in Ramsey for Spring Harvest Local on the 17th of September. An evening of uplifting worship and inspiring teaching But what does that really mean? Well, the speaker will be Gavin Calver, who's just been chosen to lead the Evangelical Alliance in the UK. And I rang him a couple of days ago to ask him what we can expect from him and from the event itself on the 17th. I was pleased to find out that he still has good memories of his last visit to the island. I'm really looking forward to coming back to one of the most beautiful places I've visited in recent years. And we're going to be looking at the theme of Unleashed, looking at what does it mean to be the Acts Church today. This is the theme of next year's Spring Harvest. And what we do with Spring Harvest is we go around to the different places doing local events, giving a taster of what it would feel like to be part of the conference. So it'll all be on. What would it look like for the church today to be released in word and spirit into its communities to see transformation? 
Well, every single revival in human history has been started by people having a white-hot faith in Jesus and believing that with him nothing is impossible and that their faith is the most defining and significant thing in their lives and then living it out whatever the cost. I think, therefore, the real challenge to the church is not a challenge of being relevant. It's a challenge of being on fire for Jesus and out of that being infectious to the world. I don't think that's impossible. I mean, Spring House ex- itself exists to help people encounter God and be inspired in, and be confident in him and his gospel and go home to transform their communities. I think the church has an amazing opportunity. We just need to get inspired and on fire. Do you think on our own, we tend to get a little bit nervous, unsure? We, we don't like to talk about our faith individually. We feel a bit uncomfortable about talking about our own beliefs, even if we are in our own heart on fire for sharing Jesus' message. Yeah, I mean, it is hard. We were never designed to be individual Christians. There's nothing solitary about Christianity. One of the great things is there's family. I come to the Isle of Man. I don't know many people, but I have family there. So that's a wonderful thing. However, the most effective way of us reaching the world is to gather on a Sunday and then be scattered throughout the week. And that will often be on a one-to-one. But I think the confidence comes in knowing we're not alone. Jesus' greatest promise in the Bible is that he's always with us. But also, we're part of a family where there are others with us and for us. And we need to be praying together, standing together, and supporting one another in making Jesus known. So we have got to be there at Mountain View on the 17th of September and we've got to be set on fire by you and ah, Lou Fellingham. And that, that. I promise you, if you come on the 17th, you'll have a great evening. You will be inspired. It will be encouraging. But more than anything as well, your faith for what could happen on the Isle of Man will really be raised as we gather together to say, what would it look like to be unleashed on this island to make Jesus known? Do come. Love to meet you. And God bless you all. You never run dry, you never run dry With hearts wide open And hands held high Our faith is rising Our battle cry Thank you, Gavin Calver who'll be the keynote speaker at Spring Harvest Local in Ramsey on September the 17th. Online booking is really easy. Go to springharvest.org forward slash local and the Isle of Man event is the first one on the list. And when you've booked your tickets, there's a further option to pre-book some hot food if you'd like to come early and enjoy the atmosphere, browse the displays and meet up with friends. If online booking is a problem for you, then ring Lindsay, who's the event organiser at Mountain View. And her number's really easy to remember. Andrew Roberts is a Methodist minister and an author. He believes that the call to be a Christian disciple, a follower of Jesus, is a call to adventure, and he's written a book exploring the nature of that adventure. And he's coming to the island to talk about it in another Meet the Author event organised by Church's Bookshop here in Douglas. 
I popped into the Howard Street shop to ask manager Georgia Wedgwood-Main about the event. Andrew Roberts wrote a book called Holy Habits about a year ago, I think it was now. He's a Methodist minister and the book at the time was really recommended in the Methodist and the United Reformed Church. So we're very excited he's coming over to do a talk. So where will he be? He'll be at St Andrew's United Reformed Church here in Douglas. And the date is? Tuesday 3rd of September, it'll be 2pm. Do people need to pre-book for this or can they just turn up? No, they can just show up. George, give me an idea of what the book is about, please. The book is about Christian discipleship and in it he explores that theme through 10 different holy habits of discipleship that he's taken from Acts 2. So would you say that, although obviously this is quite a deep subject, would you say that it's a quite a, a, an easy read, Georgia? Yes, it is. There's quite a lot of yeah depth of subject matter in there, but it's written in a very accessible manner. And this man is a, a Methodist minister, so he's obviously comfortable communicating with people. It's going to be a really productive afternoon, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a really great event. And I have to congratulate you, Georgia, because you are, you are doing these Meet the Author events quite frequently now. Yeah, I think it's a really good opportunity to be able to hear the author speak about what inspired them to write the book, about their own faith journey, and pull some real themes out of it. You know, Georgia, I think it's good just to remind people that it isn't just a bookshop, it is so much more. And we're standing now next, next to a stand of beautiful Manx cards by the artist Mary Gulland. You've got a lovely selection of cards there, as well as cards literally for every occasion. Cards with thoughtful words. So if you're wanting something just a little bit special, this is where you'll find it, isn't it? Yes, we try to have a card for quite literally every occasion. Also, lots of lovely gift items as well. You've got some plaques and magnets and a lot of fun stuff for the children as well. Yes, absolutely. We think we've got something for everyone. What do you think is your best seller? Cards definitely still do very well, but we have seen a real rise in our sales of books. So it's something we find very encouraging. We're glad to supply all the things we supply for the Christian community on the island, but the books are what we're particularly passionate about. You're asking us to buy some books that are wrapped up and we don't even know what they are. It's an idea we've had called Blind Date with a Book, and it's a way of avoiding judging a book by its cover. So you get just a little bit of information, enough to know you've not read it before. Um, but it's basically buying almost a random fiction book that will be on a, on a Christian theme. What a good idea. Is it proving popular? Yes, it's gone really well this summer. Pop in and see Georgia and Andrew and the team of volunteers, Church's Bookshop. You're open every day except Sunday from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. And the date where we can learn more about these holy habits is St Andrew's United Reformed Church. It's on Tuesday, the 3rd of September, and it starts at 2 o'clock. Will there be a cup of tea? I'm sure there probably will be, yes. <laughs> Georgia, thank you for making me so welcome and talking to me today. Thank you very much. And I'm afraid that's all that we have time for today. Thank you to my guests, Rosie Shirtliff, Gavin Calver and Georgia from Church's Bookshop. The Praise blog is where you'll find our full church notice board alongside details of everything that we've talked about on today's programme. Go to manxradio.com, on the homepage click on air and on the drop-down menu follow the link for blogs. Thank you for listening to this week's Praise Podcast. There's a new Praise Podcast available every Sunday morning. You can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify via the Manx Radio smartphone app or at manxradio.com. So, till we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for your company and I wish you and those you love every blessing in the days ahead. Music